that I was uh, trying to be a good steward and make sure everybody back there knew what was coming uh, for the computer and the, and the media, uh, I began to realize how many scriptures I had today and I mentioned to somebody, I hope the sermon's not as long as all the Bible verses I have to read, but um, I'll uh, move quickly today, but I do feel like the Lord has a word for us. Turn to your neighbor and tell them the Lord has a word for me today. Galatians 4, we'll begin with the first verse, Galatians 4, and this is the folks, Paul said, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Uh, This Galatian church was quite interesting, Paul had some interesting things to say to the church at Galatia, and in chapter 4 we find some of those things, verse 1, now I say that the heir as long as he is a child differeth nothing from a servant though he be Lord of all. Everybody say, the child is Lord of all. But he differs nothing from a servant because he's a child, even though he's Lord of all. But is under tutors and governors till the time appointed of the Father. Even so we. Even so we. When we were, everybody say were. Now, now, he's not saying we're children now. He's saying there was a point we were children, and he begins to describe when that was. When we were in bondage under the elements of the world, that's when you're a child. God's given you all things, but you don't have all things because you still need to be tutored. Because you're still battling with the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, which is Father. Everybody say Father. Wherefore thou art no more, everybody say no more, I am no more a servant but a son. And if I am a son, then I am an heir of God through that ultimate son, Jesus Christ. I am no more a servant, but I am a son. I want to preach today from this thought. Sons living as servants. Sons living as servants. I don't want any of us to live below our privilege. It'd be crazy to be an heir of all things and never cash the check. Somebody say amen. Well, let's pray together and ask the Lord to help us today. Father, thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the people of God here today that know how to worship, know how to pray, that know why they're here today. I thank you, Lord, for the higher calling. I thank you, Lord, that this world is not our home. I thank you, Lord, that when we sit in this place, we gather for a moment in a heavenly place. I pray you lift our vision above the things of this world. Help us, Lord, to not be encumbered with the elements of this world. Help us today to realize our place in you, Lord, and let something powerful happen in this service. In Jesus' name. Let something powerful happen in this service today. In Jesus' name. Now, if anybody's got any faith, I want you to voice that faith right now. Lord, I'm believing you to do something powerful in this service today. Lord, I don't want to leave here the same way I came in. Lord, help me. I'm a child of God. Help me know why I'm here and what I'm supposed to do here today. In Jesus' name. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Uh, I want you to uh, have a great Thanksgiving holiday uh, this week. It's Thanksgiving and you'll gather with your family and friends and, 
and maybe even hopefully, hopefully a few enemies. Uh, I, I do want to say, uh, before we get to that point, Happy Thanksgiving. want to be, I guess, one of the first to say Happy Thanksgiving before it even gets here, four days early. Isn't that great? Uh, I'll be leaving today after church uh, to drive to Louisiana. Uh, we had some property there, my grandparents' property that, was uh, obviously moved to the possession of my dad when he was living, and it was uh, 14 point something acres. And, uh, and when he passed, uh, that was all passed on to the next heir. That was me. The living uh, descendant of my grandparents and my dad, uh, I'll use a legal term, I was the independent Executor. Am I okay? Okay. What that means is that uh, I got everything that was passed from my grandparents to my dad. That included his bills. His debt. Had some people that were interested, you know, as most people are, ooh, they must have left you a bunch of stuff and... You know, until you go through that, you begin to realize, oh, yeah, you talk about all the good stuff that was left. There was, there was some bills left, too. A lot of people want the inheritance of all the assets, but they don't want much of the debt. But the reality of the matter was the debt and the assets and the debt and all of that as good or bad as it is, here it is. So, you know, the last um, uh, four years we've been trying to, well, haven't really tried. The Lord just kind of helped us with it and the property sold. And, and uh, it's amazing how God worked that out. I won't tell you the entire story, but uh, we closed on it this past Wednesday. That's why I wasn't here Wednesday night. Closing was Wednesday morning and... and uh, and when all that was said and done, there was an asking price and all of that. And, and the bank, when, when we signed all the paperwork, they, they pushed over to me a, a check with an amount there that was for the sale of the property. Uh, this sermon has somewhat to do with that moment right there. Because I thought, now what should I do with this? Should I keep it all for myself? Should I cash it and go somewhere for a, take my family somewhere for a few months and blow it all? Should I invest it? Should I even tell my sister about it? I thought, you know how crazy I would be to be an heir of all this and pay off debts that I paid off and how crazy it would be to take that check and go put it in a frame and stick it on my office wall and say to my kids, looky here what we got. We got a nice check with probably a few digits more than you get in a paycheck every week. It'd be crazy for me to be an heir of that and not be blessed by that. It'd be crazy for me to get a check for assets and not go put it in the bank, and use it. So it is with my salvation. God had a purpose for me being here. God had a reason for creating me, and it was not servanthood, it was sonship. He wanted me and you to be a son, not a servant. I'm not here because I serve God. That is what I do. But I'm here today because I am a child of God. And everything that happens today comes out of that relationship that I am His child and He is my Father. So it does not matter how my head feels today or how my arm feels today or how my feet feel today. I am a child of God. 
regardless of what's going through my mind, what's going on in my world, what's going on in my body. I am created to be a child of God. Now if I know that's what God wants for me, why would I settle for anything less? Somebody turn to your neighbor and tell them, God wants me to be his child. Genesis 1 verse 28 and God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Somebody say amen. Now that word replenish simply means to fill it up. Everybody say fill it up. Now I know in our world today they're a little worried about overpopulation but what God put man here for in the first place was to fill it up. Not fill it up with darkness and drunkenness and immorality and incest and pornography and and wickedness and vileness and all. No, fill it up with men and women who were created by God to be his children with divine authority to walk in that heirship to be his child. That's why God put you here. Now these verses are of great importance. You see, when God needed light, he simply said, let there be light. But creating you was not that simple. Why would God have such a purpose? A child who was his son, heir of all things, walking in authority. Why would God want his child walking in his authority? Why? Because the angel of light had rebelled. The one that had that authority had rebelled from the very creation we find where Satan had sinned and fell. He became the enemy of God. Isaiah 14 and 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations for thou hast said in thine heart I will ascend unto heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north I will ascend above the heights of the clouds I will be like the most high did you hear see all those personal pronouns in those verses I I I I sounds I tell you what when you start hearing yourself say that a lot you need to understand who you're talking like I I I I I I me 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 this is what I want this is what I deserve that is a voice that's very familiar in scripture Yet therefore, the Bible tells us that Satan was drawn down to hell to the sides of the pit. God withdrew his authority from the enemy and then he put it in a special place. He put it in his creation. We call him man. God created a man. And he put him in a very important place to fulfill that plan that God had for him. He wanted him to be a divine son walking in authority. Not only does God want man to have authority, but he marks out a specific area for man to have that authority. Psalms 8 promises that that man that was given that dominion. Now listen to me very closely. That man was given a dominion that would not be taken away from him. Is everybody okay? Psalms 8 verse 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man? that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him, this is how you made him, a little lower than the angels, and that word angels in the original Hebrew is Elohim. Listen to that. You have made him just a little lower than Elohim. Now you know who Elohim is, don't you? And has crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. And thou hast put all things. Oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, I don't know if you're hearing me. The Bible tells us that David said in Psalms 8 that when God put man here, he gave him dominion over everything and put all things under his feet. That is a fact today. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? So I just want to jump to the sermon today. I refuse to be depressed because all things are under my feet. I refuse to be discouraged because all things are under my feet. I refuse to live in fear. Oh, yes. I refuse to let one more Sunday go by without worshiping him because he's my father and I'm his child. Come on, give Jesus praise right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus praise right now. Well, I'm just trying to get a drink and I think I'm fixing to destroy the whole place. Watch carefully. Somebody crushed the top of this bottle. I bet Brother Jim did that. They're going <laughs> I got I got crazy thoughts going on right now. Elder pastor, pastor getting up in years. We're going to have to start putting a straw in the bottle for him. Before you know it, they'll have an IV up here. I have to plug in for I get going. I think in the old sanctuary there's still an oxygen mask under the pulpit. God desires for me to understand that all things are under my feet. Then why am I in that position in God's mind and I'm not in that position right here in reality? Why am I a son but still serving something? Why am I a child of God and still worried? Why am I a child of God and battling anxiety? Why am I a child of God and I'm upset about my future? Why am I a child of God and I'm worried I don't have enough to make it? Why am I a child of God and my physical ailments trump my spiritual reality? Why am I a child of God and I battle with addiction? Why am I a child of God and I still have these chains? Well, that's a good question because Jesus tells us that he's given us power. God designed me for authority. I'm made a little lower than Elohim and he put me in the earth to have dominion that could not be taken from me. I'm telling you right, it cannot be taken from you. But something happened to that dominion. It was not taken. No, it was not taken. It was forfeited. We gave it up. And thanks be to God, we don't have to live with that given up the rest of our existence. I got some good news for you today. Uh, I can tell right now that this little place right up here is going to be a lot happier than it is out there. I'm feeling a little happiness in this place. I'm feeling a little joy in this place because I know that what I let go, I don't have to live without. I can have that dominion. I can have that authority. I can walk in that rule. Oh, yes, I can. Oh, yes, I can. And the devil would like to tell you you're going to be a victim the rest of your life. But I've come to give you some good news. God created you to rule. To rule. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm a king. Shout it, I'm a king. Why do you think he's the king of kings? That doesn't mean people that rule in the earth. He's not a king of the president or the premier. No, he's the king of kings. We're the kings that's talking about. Then why, how can I be a king and live 
like a servant. Consider that after man sinned, God spoke to the serpent. And he said, Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. That means that the earth is the serpent's realm. The Bible calls him the serpent, O Lucifer, the God of this world. Maybe that's why church ought to be more than just coming sitting on a chair. Because in this environment, (laughs) I can't feel this way at work. No. Well, I know the Lord's with me and I can have me a prayer meeting. But the children of this world who worship the God of this world, they're not going to understand why I'm talking in tongues and having a conniption fit over there in the break room. That's a place where I understand I can't let my good be evil spoken of. I can't be so heavenly minded that I'm not over any earthly good. I can't go to work and talk in tongues all day because I'm surrounded by people who serve the God of this world. But in this moment, in this place, I am gathered with God's children. Oh, I know we're all his children, but some of us are walking in power and some are not. Some realize their dominion and some do not. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Satan had something to say to Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Look at it in Luke chapter four, verse six. And the devil said to him, All this power will I give thee and the glory of them, all the kingdoms of this world. For that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Satan said, I got delivered to me some authority and power and glory and whoever I decide to give it to is who's going to get it. Satan had it. We lost it. And up until Calvary, uh, nobody had a right to rebuke the enemy or to get that dominion back. Now if this is before the cross, we can talk about how we all live in bondage and how we all got to do certain things and we got to live a certain way, but we're not under that bondage anymore. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the blood. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. His report says I'm healed. His report says I'm filled. His report says I'm free. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. I'm hurrying. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6, Howbeit we speak wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Among them that are perfect. I talk about this when I'm with those folks that understand it. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery amongst the perfect, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, (laughs) had they known what God was up to, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Oh, he's right. When he died on that cross, it is finished. And it is finished once and for all. Oh, yes. Oh, let's praise him a minute. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. The devil don't want you to hear what I'm fixing to say. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Ask God to open your ears right now. Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear. And this is the good news. Turn your neighbor and tell him, get ready for good news. This is the good news. The redemption story is simply this how something can be regained that was seemingly forever forfeited. 
And until the plan of redemption became the property of the New Testament church, Satan apparently had no idea of what heaven was about to do. Let me cut to the chase and tell you, Jesus defeated the devil at Calvary. Revelation chapter 12 tells us that there was war in heaven and that old serpent was cast out. Woo! I can have what Jesus says I can have. I can be who Jesus says I can be. Oh yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. I have always triumphed. Come on, somebody ought to praise him. The devil wants to convince you that you're bound and you'll never get loose. But Jesus has given you victory. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if there's ever been one service. I can't say there's ever been one service where I, well, there's a thin line here. So I'm not trying to get razor thin. But I will say, I I don't, there's not many. I can't say there's not one. But there's, there's very few services that I come in and I say, boy, I feel like I'm going to tear this place up today. I feel like I'm going to shout today. No, most of the time we're bringing all the baggage that the devil throws on us all week long. I need a preacher to get behind a pulpit and remind me that I am a son and I am not a servant. I'm a child of God. I want to tell you what happened when the devil was cast out. Somebody say praise the Lord. And if you're in a heavenly place, it ought to happen in here today. Revelation 12 verse 12, the devil was cast out. And Revelation 12 verse 12 says, For this reason rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Well, I know I'm not in that place eternally, but when I get to church, I'm in a heavenly place. This is a place of rejoicing today because I am no more, no longer a dweller of the earth. I'm in a heavenly place. I rejoice today because I'm more than a conqueror. I rejoice today because he said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I rejoice because I know all the promises of God are yes and amen. I rejoice today because he's a peace giver. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. Uh, Somebody ought to just enjoy your sonship right now for a minute. Somebody ought to just enjoy who you are right now for a moment. Man. Yeah. Why are we sons still living as servants? Satan has come down having great wrath, the Bible says, for man to accomplish what God has designed for him to accomplish. You must realize there is an opposing force. He is still the God of this world. You're going, in fact, some of you are entertaining his voice even while I'm preaching today. You're going you're gonna to battle him at work. You're going to battle him in the neighborhood. You're going to battle him in your home. You're going to battle him everywhere you go. Everybody everybody okay? Satan is the God of this world. For us to do what God's designed us for, we need to realize there's an opposing force. Somebody is trying to wrest this authority. He got it once, but Jesus wore him out with it. Jesus won back the victory. So now he doesn't have that dominion any longer. He is only the God of this world. He's not the God of this church. 
He's not the God of God's people. Everybody hear what I'm saying? He is trying though to get you to not realize the authority that God has placed in your hands. He desires for you to think that I'm going to live the rest of my life this way. Ephesians 6 and 12 says it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I I don't know how much worse it's going to get, but the older I get, there's going to be things I wrestle with in my flesh. There's going to be times I come to church, they may have to come pick me up on the handicap accessible van. I might have to be wheeled in here if time keeps on marching. I'm going to wrestle against my flesh. But we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You need to hear this today. This is not about I'll pray when I feel like it. I'll worship when I'm not hurting so bad. No, this is not about what's going on in your flesh. You are not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're wrestling against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? This is the battle that is going on. Satan wants you to get so discouraged that you don't claim your right as a child of God. I've got good news for you today. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said it, so it must be true. But ye shall receive power. (laughs) Praise God. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Witness, someone who attests to a fact being true or false. The Bible tells us out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is confirmed. But Acts 1 and 8, it's not just about me saying something. It's not about me just saying I'm an overcomer. It's not about me just declaring that what God created me to be, I can be. In fact, in Luke 9, we find people operating in the Spirit, but they are not endued with power. Could it be that we have a spiritual church, but have no power? Could it be that we be spiritual people and not have any power? For the Bible says you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. The fact of the matter is, can there be a way that we be spirit-filled and yet not live in the power? I don't know about you, but I, I believe we need that power. I believe the addicted need that power. They need more than a spiritual happening. They need to experience power. When I walk in the hospital, I don't just want to walk in there and feel a little holy. No, I want to feel the power to speak to cancer, to speak to lung disease. Oh, you're not hearing me. Authority that God said is mine. It's mine. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. It's mine. Luke 9 says there are people that can operate in the Spirit, but they are not endued with power. In fact, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is a verse found in the book that is titled Acts Acts of the Apostles. This doesn't say this is the, the, the speech of the Apostles. It is the actions of the Apostles. And power does not only, it doesn't have only to do with what we claim. It has to do with my actions. The Bible says whatsoever you do in word or deed. It's not about just me saying I'm not addicted anymore. I have to walk out of here and live. I have to get up and say I'm not only going to claim it. I'm going to deed it. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. 
Oh, as, a, as the pastor of this church, I'm just going to claim what's been deeded to me. What has been deeded to me is a revival church full of power and anointing. God hasn't deeded me a dead church. God doesn't want us to be a comfortable church. No, he doesn't want us to be a culturally accepted church. He wants us to be a church of spirit and power. Come on, anybody want that power today? Anybody want it in word and deed? Clap your hands unto the Lord. I know it's a shock, but I I am calling them to the music. Luke chapter 4, you remember in Luke chapter 4, Jesus went into the wilderness after he was baptized. He went in, the Bible says, full of the Holy Ghost. Forty days later, he came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute. He went in full of power of the Holy Ghost. He came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Don't let it, don't let it rock your boat. Don't let it mess up your mind that everybody religiously today is being spirit-filled. Spirit needs to fall on everybody. Spirit needs to rebirth everybody. You must be born of the water and of the Spirit or you cannot enter. But I'm preaching to people today that need to understand that it's entirely possible to be going in in the Spirit but not coming out in the power. Let me just say, as your pastor, it disturbs me when somebody gets the Holy Ghost and the power of nicotine is not broken. Oh no, I know you say, well, it's the 21st century. I don't care. It's just the same as it's in the 19th century. It's just the same as it was in the 3rd century for that matter. God doesn't change. Cultures change and people change, but God doesn't change. And if Frank Moore can tell me, Pastor, when I got up from the altar and the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost, I never smoked another cigarette from that day forward. I don't understand in this culturally, uh, in this culture that we're living in today, that we can have all this spiritual happening, but no power to break the addiction of sin. I don't understand how people can be filled with the Holy Ghost and then not have power over sin. But it's entirely possible to settle for walking in the Spirit but not coming out in the power. I don't know about you, but I want the power. I want to look people in the eye and say, you don't have to be bound another moment. You don't have to live that way another moment. Jesus went in full of the Holy Ghost. He came out in the power of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that the word endued means to put on. Everybody say to put on. You know what makes you an overcomer? Revelation 12, 10, and I heard a loud voice saying, in heaven now is salvation. Oh, I love that. I like that now better than all of them. In fact, in my notes, it's in all caps. That means shout this word. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is salvation and strength and kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down which accused them before our God, our God, day and night. And they overcame Him by the blood and by the word of their testimony. Oh, hallelujah. I want to tell you salvation is more than just deliverance from death. Salvation is more than just remaining sober. Salvation is more than just keeping your temper. Salvation is more than just remaining pure. 
Salvation is more than just being truthful. Salvation is a rebirth of the man God created me to be. No, you didn't hear me. I said salvation is a rebirth of the man God said I am. I am who Jesus says I am. I'm clothed with the glory of God. I'm walking with the authority that Jesus bought for me. I'm walking in the power he said is mine. That leads me to Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. I want to tell you today, I'm not discouraged one bit. I'm not worried one bit. <laughs> you know, they say the definition of, the, of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expecting something different to happen. How many's ever battled anxiety and fear and depression and all that stuff? Raise your hand. Come on. Let me ask you to do something now. I want you to look at your life. I want you to look at your life. And I want you to ask yourself, am I expecting a different outcome while I'm repeating the same actions over and over and over? I don't know about you, but I think if I got my joy from Social media, it wouldn't last even till I got out of this church today. If I got my joy from good news off of Fox News or CNN, I wouldn't have much joy. So I've got to change the inputs. I've got to guard my mind. I can't let anything rob me of the joy and peace that God has said is mine because God has filled me with joy and peace. I cannot let the world take what God has given me. Something's going to have power in your life. Something is going to have power in your life. Paul said that what I yield myself to, that is what I become the servant of. In other words, what I allow to have power in my life, that is my master. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And there's a period, so let's stop there. And if you want to know who all those people are, you got a good Bible dictionary. You're two clicks away from it on the internet. You can look up every one of those words. If you don't know what fornicator is, look it up. If you don't know what abuser of themselves with mankind is, look it up. I don't care what the world says. This is the Word of God. And the Word says these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Make no mistake about it. Sin will keep you out of heaven. But that's not the last part of the verse. The next verse says, and such were some of you. Uh, yeah, you used to be in that group bound under bondage and the devil fooling you, telling you that's the way you've got to live. But you are now washed. You are now sanctified. Oh, praise God. Praise God. You are justified by the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, somebody praise him. I'm not what I used to be. I'm a son. Oh, I'm a son. I'm a child of God. I don't have the time to read the verses, but the Lord told us in his word that if your mother and father forsake you, I will take you up. Isaiah declares that the Lord says, that a, a mother nursing her child could forget her child. But he said, I cannot forget thee, for I've graven you upon the palms of my hands, and thy walls are continually before me. Paul goes on to say, not only was I that, and not only now am I what I I, I'm now what I, I, what I was before, I am not now. 
I am washed. I am sanctified. I'm made holy. I'm justified by the name of Jesus and by the Spirit of God. The next verse. All things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial or expedient. All things are lawful. Why? Because now I'm justified. Had a good friend that wrote a song that had a few lines in it that said, Nobody's holding a gun to my head. I choose to be a Christian. Nobody's making me do what I'm doing today. Nobody said, Well, if you're going to serve God, you got to do this and you got to do that. Oh, no, I can do what I want. Now, that doesn't mean I can't be uh, excommunicated from the house. That doesn't mean I can't be disowned from the family fortune. But I'm a son. If I want to take all my inheritance and go squander it wherever I want to, are you hearing what I'm telling you? I'm a child of God, but not all things are expedient. Now, rest assured, I'm not talking about sinful things. Because sinful things will keep you out of the kingdom. You understand that. But Paul goes on to say, all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. But I will not be brought under the power. Here's the sad facts of this reality today. I'm preaching to people that I know if I hit the top three sins that apostolics think are real sinful, like alcohol and drug addiction, and let's just say smoking, you know, let's, let's hit the top four or five sins. Fact of the matter is, I'm preaching to ladies today that are so eat up with fear, you can't do what God wants you to do. And while I'm preaching about power and freedom and victory, you're cheering because you think I'm talking to the one that's addicted to drugs. No, I'm talking to you who's addicted to your fear. I'm talking to you here today who's addicted to your flesh. Boy, it's quiet now, isn't it? Because we like to hammer the few people that have some public addictions while we embrace our private ones. I am who Jesus said I am. Anybody believe that right now? Won't you lift your hands and love the Lord right now? I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost today. We're just going to let the Lord have His way in the next few moments. Praise God. Thank you for your grace, Lord. The Bible says, With joy shall you draw waters out of the... Somebody say wells of salvation. Turn to your neighbor and tell them salvation is a well. Salvation is a well. The Bible says springing up. We're not drinking from a lake a river we're drinking from a well spring now when I stand beside a well spring you know let's go back and think of this in, in maybe a different culture let's stand beside a well if I drop the bucket brother Mike was telling me about drinking that good old well water just a few days ago said so we dropped that bucket down in that well and you know you I think this is the way he said it. He said you wouldn't drink the first, but you bring it up. And I guess you pour that out, and then you drop it down again. I don't know. Maybe I got it all wrong. I don't know whether it was the first bucket, Brother Mike, or the second bucket that was really cold, and we'd sit there and drink all that well water. Anybody ever drunk out of an old well? Yeah. Listen, I can sit by that well and drink from that, that beautiful wellspring, but I cannot mistake the bucket for the water. The bucket is not what quenches my thirst. It's the water. And a lot of folks make that mistake. Prayer is a wonderful bucket, but prayer is not what quenches your thirst. It's the water. Praise 
is a magnificent bucket. But praise doesn't quench my thirst. You can stomp on the devil all night long. But praise doesn't quench your thirst. It's the water. Anybody hear what I'm saying? <laughs> Baptism is a magnificent bucket. But they are not the well. You know as well as I do that your prayers can get dry and your worship can become like an echo and your baptism can do less for you than a weekly luncheon at the Rotarian Club. There are a lot of people that can get in a baptistry and get wet. That's not the well. The well is, the the water is salvation. And what we lost, we can have back today. With joy shall you draw waters from the well of salvation. I'm saved today. Now, Brother Dale, I'm closing. Brother Dale alluded to it when he was leading our service today. In Luke chapter 10, verse 18. Jesus said unto them, they came back rejoicing because there had been some miracles. He took them all the way back. He took them all the way back. And he says, I saw something. I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I love those verses. I saw Satan fall and he's already under your feet. Don't let him up for a moment. I have put him under your feet. Don't let him up at your kitchen table. But the next verse, notwithstanding in this Rejoice not that you have power and authority, that spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice. Rejoice because of who you are. You are a child of the King. Oh, hallelujah. I just feel like praising him for a minute because I've got salvation today. I've got what he said I can have. I live in the power that he said is mine. Come on right now, stand all over this building. Let's lift our hands. Come on, and I want you to lift your voice and say, Lord, help me today to walk in the power that you have said is mine. Come on. Reach over right now and get somebody by the hand. I know your hands are up, but I want you to reach over right now. I feel, I feel the presence of God. I feel like God wants to do something in this place today. Move, Lord. Move, Lord. We're believing you for a powerful outpouring. We're believing you for an endowment of power today. Lord, it's not about being spirit-filled. Thank you for baptizing us with your spirit. But I'm praying we walk out in the power of the Holy Ghost today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Listen to me now. Matthew 6 verse 9. Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, gives us insight into what God desires, what God's will is. Anybody want to know what God's will is? Oh, sure. So Jesus said, pray this way. After this manner, pray ye, our Father who art in heaven. Repeat it if you know it or say it with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Here we are. God's will, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? In earth. In earth, in earth, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, in earth as it is in heaven. God wants your house to have the authority that heaven has. God wants your body to have the authority that heaven has. His will is that in the earth His kingdom would come just as it is in heaven. 
So in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, we must understand this. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and a sound mind. What I'm saying today is if anything has power over you except Jesus, you are a servant and not a son. Well, let me translate that. If there's anybody here that's prejudiced today, you are a servant, not a son. Now, let me say something else to you. Tell me it's your dad or your Irish uh, bloodline or your upbringing. But if you can't control your anger, you're a servant, not a son. Are you telling me that the power of God is less than your anger? Are you telling me that you can't help yourself? Are you telling me that the Holy Ghost in your life is servant to your anger? If you're bound by lust today, you are a servant, not a son. Are you telling me that the power of God is less than pornography? No. Uh -uh. No. In fact, let me say to you who say, I can't help myself. I'm just scared. Oh, you can help yourself. Because Jesus said He's not giving you a spirit of fear. Now, am I going to have to battle for that spirit of fear to get out of my mind? Am I? Oh, absolutely. The devil doesn't want me to take this place of authority that Jesus says is mine. He wants me to stay back and say, well, when I feel like it, I think I'll get... No, he wants me to, 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 to just stay in the background and not claim what God says is mine. Somebody say Amen. There will be, the Bible tells us, prevailing characteristics in the last days. 2 Timothy chapter 3 tells us in the last days, perilous times shall come. It's going to get dangerous. And the Bible tells us, Paul writes to Timothy and says, not only is it dangerous outside, it's going to get dangerous inside the church. Because in 2 Timothy 3, 5, Paul said there'll come a day when people have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. What do you do with those people? Turn from them. Don't have anything to do with them. They're playing church. Now, are you hearing me today? It is emphatically important that we be sons and not servants. It is important that I be what Jesus says I am. It is crazy to have my dress down to there and my hair up to there and battle with fear the rest of my life. No, 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 you're not hearing me. They have a form of being godly, but they're not godly in here. They're worried, they're anxious. They're afraid. They're battling addiction. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I wish I had the strength to preach another hour. I wish you had the strength to listen to me preach another hour. But I will say this. Today, I'm believing God wants to give somebody their power back. In fact, Friday night, I got privileged to sit in the Celebrate Recovery Thanksgiving dinner. I was privileged to be there. I heard some testimonies Friday night. Some of them are standing in this room today. One testimony, and I, we're going to hear it. We're going to hear it from them. One of those testimonies was I was battling a certain addiction for a long, long time. And the moment I called on Jesus, This person said they got calls and some people were telling them, well, it can't be that. You know, you're still going to battle. You're still going to battle it. No. And they said, no, when I called on Jesus, there was joy. There was peace. The, the symptoms, none of that happened. You know why? Because.
because Jesus gives me power. Power. It's mine. So, the singers are going to sing. And make no mistake about it today, the pastor is not just calling for the guy addicted to marijuana today. I am not calling for the person only who the medicine cabinet has power over you. I'm not just calling for the person that the liquor store has power over you. That you worship that more than you worship God. I'm calling for the saint of God that gets offended every other day. Who's so touchy. Oh. Who's so touchy-feely we can't even talk to you because you're liable to get offended. I'm talking to you. Why are you not walking in power? Why do you claim the Holy Ghost and still act like a servant? No. I'm not going to live that way. I got something to tell you today. You do what you want. I feel like Joshua. You do what you will. Israel, you want to go back to what you were? You go right ahead. But as for me and my house, we're going to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. We're going to be what Jesus said we are. I... And I think by nature of my position, I have a right to speak for this church. This church is going to walk in power. This church is going to be a deliverance station. No. No. We're not going to grab the hand of the addicted and say, you can be free while we're bound ourselves. Oh, whether you realize it or not, it's all in this place today. The person that's addicted and the saint of God that doesn't want anybody to know they're addicted. Yeah. Fear, worry. Saints of God that can't sleep. Worry in this room right now. Today's the last day. So let me get back to that altar call. This altar call is not for those that can't quit taking the pills, can't quit smoking the dope, can't quit messing with meth, can't quit shooting up heroin, and can't quit drinking. No, this altar calls for a man or a woman who says, Pastor, there's something that I have to battle with every day or it's going to get power over me. And I want to come again today and claim that I am a son. I am a child of God. So come on. Anybody today want to claim I'm a child of the King?